Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Welcome to the Movie Council podcast, where each week we bring you the latest news, reviews, and deep dives into our favorite films. Joining me tonight is the Movie Council's daddy, Dan Sherry. Bonsoir. (laughs) And the smooth-talking Southern gentleman, Marky Bondurant. Hello. I'm your host, AJ Sherry. I failed to mention that. Um, And tonight... We're going back to a movie council favorite, which is pick a movie, but we're hey, doing some of our 2022 favorites as we continue to sort of catch up on that. And uh, before we get into the 2023 uh, slate of films, we're, um, we're getting into the, the the last bit of 2022 favorites. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but before we do all that, how's everyone doing tonight? Marky, what's happening? Pretty good. I'm full, man. Went out for pizza dinner, had ice cream. I'm trying to get a beer down, but my my belly is just fucking packed full of bad food, delicious food, good pizza, and ice cream. Um, Yeah, so trying to get a few drinks in, liven up a little bit, but been good. You know, good good, uh, week at work. Going to do some traveling next week. Everything's been all right. Family's good. How are you guys doing? I'm... uh... I, I had one of those days. You guys ever have these? I'm sure you do. Everyone does. You got one of those days where you just feel like blah. Like you don't want to <laughs> fucking do anything. Like you're not sick. You don't feel ill. You just have like zero energy to fucking deal with anything. Yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, that's, that, that's, that was me today. That's what I call Sunday. Yeah, I... uh I had a few drinks and I'm feeling better now, but yeah, it, it, it was a long day of feeling like, ugh. Yeah. but I'm better now. So I'm happy to be doing this and talking to you guys about movies and, uh, and, and letting our, our listeners know that they can, they can find us online at, uh, at, at movie council pod on all the, all the socials. And they can send us an email to movie council pod at gmail.com. And, uh, also, Wherever you're listening, whether it's, you know, Amazon or Spotify or iTunes or wherever, make sure you uh, rate and review the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. It helps us out and we totally appreciate it. So keep it coming. Can I interject there? We haven't mm. gotten uh, we haven't gotten an email in quite some time. I really, I really I, I, would I, encourage you guys to send us messages. Right. You know, we'll, we'll read it on the we'll read it on the podcast. Well, we did get a message on uh on Instagram, but it was from like some you know like a bot. <laughs> bot type thing trying to get get us to click on a on a link for some porn site or something. I don't know. Well, like, you should have yeah. done. But anyway, <laughs> I ignored that shit. So, <laughs> did anything ever come of that? You know, we'll review your podcast if you review our podcast thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they did. They they re- right. They, no, no, no. I know we each reviewed each other's, but 
Oh, I, you know, to be honest, I haven't fucking checked the numbers, so oh, I got okay. no idea. Or just have they reached out at any point since or anything? Uh, yeah, that I mean, like since they left the review, no, but you know, okay. just kind of how we left it, like so. a one and done. Yeah, it's right. pretty much right. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. As far as as far as I'm concerned, I've had a pretty uh, uneventful week. Just a normal busy week at work. And uh, I don't have to work tomorrow. We record on Fridays, everybody. So, yeah, I don't. Now have to you wake get a Saturday to... off. Huh? Yeah, I get a Saturday off, so I don't have to wake up in the morning. So, you know, all hands on deck tonight. Nice. <laughs> um, before we get into this week's topic, I think Marky might have some something of note in the news category. Yeah, right? just a little bit. I saw that. Um... Alec Baldwin looks like he's going to get charged with uh, involuntary manslaughter for that yes. incident, right? For that whole little when, shooting incident. When was that? Was that 2021? I think it was 22. Yeah, I think it was like it's early been, 22 then, right? Yeah, Maybe almost like February a year. last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was February. Okay. So, yeah, okay. it's been close to a year. Uh, I did see on Hulu, uh, there's an interview with. Alec Baldwin, his first like interview where he talks about it. Uh, he talks to George Stephanopoulos. I haven't watched it yet, but it just dropped. And yeah, he's getting him and like the prop master, and I think like the the second assistant director or something. Uh, like took a plea deal, so they're also they, they got charged with whatever. But yeah, so Alec cr- Baldwin, criminal char- criminal charges. Not yeah. Like- yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see what comes of that. You know, um, somebody did die, so somebody needs to be held right. accountable yeah. and charged with uh, something for uh, somebody's no longer here. <laughs> somebody I mean, needs to be I don't held know if fault. it's so much Alec Baldwin's fault. Like, how many times has he been handed a gun on set that said, "Hey, this is full of blanks. Don't worry about it." And right. You know, it's full of blanks, and this one time he's handed it, and it isn't. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I right. I, I don't want to comment on it too much, but yeah, I don't know much about it either. But you know, he was he did have more of a production role, a producer role in this right. movie. Um, and then yeah. I don't, again, I don't, we don't know too much about it, but I remember hearing snippets of uh, some sort of safety officer being fired or not on set that day. So. You know, if that's true, then whoever made that decision needs to be held accountable. I don't know if that right. was him or somebody else, you know. Right. But yeah. if he's a producer, then I guess he's kind of going to be held liable. So, and mm-hmm. I, you know, that makes sense. So, yeah, he's certainly culpable in, you know, some way here. You know, we yeah. just don't know how this will all shake out. But that's, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Thanks, Marky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, hmm. Wow. Um, uh, one other thing before we get into these movies was uh, another movie I watched this week. I just want to talk about for a quick second uh, was the movie She Said. Uh, it's the Harvey Weinstein Weinstein story. Um, Catching on Peacock, right? Or... Yes, yeah, it's free on Peacock. So I watched it the other day. Uh, I'll say this: uh, I love Carrie Mulligan. She is fantastic yeah she's a terrific actress uh this movie however like like it didn't suck it wasn't terrible but it was just much better the first time i saw it when it was called spotlight 
and it was about the fucking you know Catholic Church. It really felt very like wanting to be spotlight versus you know its own thing. It it wasn't terrible. Again, Carrie Mulligan can do anything. She's amazing. But when you compare it to uh, like a, a movie about journalists uncovering something, goddamn Spotlight is so much better yeah, than this movie. And, and when you make a movie with like that sort of subject matter, like you said, journalists bringing some like I mean, that's Oscar bait right there. Like there, yeah, you obviously you know you're gonna get some attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, and stupidly enough. I have not seen Spotlight yet. So, <gasps> oh my goodness, you should absolutely watch it. It's phenomenal. So, no, no, the I know I should. Been on my radar story for quite oh. some time. So good, great cast, great, yeah. great interesting story. Um, I really need to watch it. Yeah, I know you can. You used to be able to stream it on Netflix, but so I, I will say with Spotlight, there is only one thing about the movie that. Uh, bothered me and that's only because like when this came out it was at the time when uh nicole actually worked at the boston globe and so every scene they showed when people walked into the building and went up the escalator it pissed me off because that escalator never fucking worked you had to take the <laughs> stairs every time i came to pick nicole up i had to walk up the fucking stairs that escalator was always shut down Damn. So. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, yeah, that's a personal gripe. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, Spotlight is fucking phenomenal. She said it's good. I, I definitely wouldn't say it was a bad movie. It, it, it's good. It's a interesting story. I do think they could have spent a little more time um, focusing more on the fact that people like the way the Harvey Weinsteins of the world got away with it so long versus, you know, how they finally took him down. But I, you know, it, it was, it was a worth watch, especially for free on Peacock. So I, I didn't hate it. It's a good flick. I definitely think you, you should watch it, but it is definitely no spotlight. All right. Also, um, I know you guys haven't seen it yet, but the first episode of uh, The Last of Us has dropped on HBO. Mm. And I guess by the time this comes out, the second episode will have aired. Um, For anybody that's played the game before, so far it is very true to the game. Anybody that hasn't played the game before, it's a very good story. It's like a zombie story. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's got an original twist on it and HBO is dumping a bunch of money into this show. So you could, it, it shows in the set design and just the, the quality of the show. I think and, it's going to shape up to be really cool. And the star, you know, Pedro Pascal is having yeah. a freaking moment. Isn't this guy? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, dude. He's, he's uh, uh, the, the new trailer for Mandalorian season three just came out the other right. day. So for 2023, really is... Pedro is coming out with Mandalorian season three and the last of us, which yeah. I think is going to shape up to be, uh quite the show like i said and, and as we'll learn uh later in this podcast he's in a movie we're talking about tonight right he's which was he's having a moment highly regarded in 2022 he really is having a moment and um good for him good for him yeah. he's a cool actor i've liked the things i've seen him in so 
Um, yeah, dude, the Mandal the the trailer for season three of the Mandalorian just dropped. Oh, yeah, dude, chills. baby, I can't wait. Looks that so show badass. fucking rules. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait. For I, I text DP right after I saw. It. I was like, dude, yeah, new trailer for Mandalorian, and it looks like. And I, I made this comment to DP. So good. It looks like Disney has given them a blank check. They're like, you know what? You can do whatever the fuck you want now. Right? Like, you know what you're doing. This show is just yeah. breaking it in. Here's a blank check. Here's all the money you will ever mm-hmm. want. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I, th- I think when anyway. you get, you know, when you get the viewership numbers to a certain point, I think they they do start just handing you blank checks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the fucking Mandalorian deserves it too. Yeah. I guess I, as I said to Marky, I'll say to everyone else, like the you know the Obi Wan series was really cool. Uh, Andor was. Fucking excellent. It was. But the show on Disney Plus is The Mandalorian. Like, that is the one that by far fucking more people watch. By far, it's fucking more entertaining. Uh, I mean, even think about just the merchandising fucking money they have made off of Baby Yoda. Right. And I know his, his name isn't Baby Yoda. He'll always be fucking Baby Yoda to me. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, that movie, or oh, oh, that series is just raking in fucking money because it's so goddamn good. I can't wait. Me right. too. Awesome. So, do you guys want to talk about a few movies that we watched over the course of the That's week? While we're here. I think All we're right. on their movie council, right? Yeah. So Enough TV. Right. No, that's fine. So uh, <laughs> I was going to recommend you guys. Actually, I was going to recommend some TV, but, you know, it's going to air tomorrow night and we're not putting this out till Monday. But my girl, Aubrey Plaza, is hosting Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait. I am so excited. There was a little mm-hmm. uh, commercial. Of, well, it was on YouTube, so I don't know where it if it only aired on YouTube, and I don't know the um, the actress's name, the Saturday Night Live actress, she's in a thing with her, and and Aubrey's telling her they're just talking. Um, they're up in the you know up in the seats. I don't know. They're standing somewhere in front of the stage or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're just talking. And they do these all the time. Is like to like sort of like promote the the the, yeah, the yeah. host yeah. or whatever. So they're talking, and Aubrey says how she wants. She's they're doing impressions. They're going back and forth doing impressions, and Aubrey's doing like really creepy ones or whatever because she's just that's <laughs> her, you know, yeah, yeah. And she's telling the the um her she's telling the actress I forget her name, but she's telling her how you know she's wanted to be on Saturday Night Live since she was like twelve years old and all this stuff, and then she starts moving towards her and. The girl's like, what is happening right now? And then they start making out. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they start making out. And then the camera pans to this, like, janitor that's, like, standing on the other side of the room. And he just shakes his head. <laughs> and then they go and they pan back up. And they're still making they're making out more, like, passionately. So, nice. yeah, Aubrey is uh, one of a kind. So I can't wait to see her tomorrow night on Saturday Night Live. But anyway, I can't really recommend that. But anyway, uh, if anyone wants to go back onto YouTube, you can subscribe to the SNL channel, and you can see ve- pretty much every skit um, after it airs on Saturday Night Live, which is kind oh, of cool. okay. 
Yeah, so that's kind of cool. I mean, you have I to deal with that. you have to deal with the ad at the beginning for like fourteen seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, you can watch all the skips in in their entirety, and we can update and all that. Okay, um, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so so it's worth recommending if you didn't watch it on Saturday night and you want to see it. And, you know, you can just subscribe to the Saturday Night Live YouTube YouTube channel for free. Mm-hmm. And, you don't even have to subscribe. You can just search for it and look for it. It'll yeah. be on there. So. It's also on Pacock. I watch yeah. it on Pacock every Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Daddy's old. He doesn't stay up until 1 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, no, I don't so. either. I, I, may, I may fall asleep during it, but then I'll be able to wake up the next day and yeah. they start trickling them into YouTube. Um, so it's cool. Anyway, let's get in the movie. So as, as I was saying earlier, you know, uh, we're kind of still catching up in 2022. By the way, January is kind of garbage for movies for the most part. Right? Um, I wanted to go see a movie this weekend. I was looking, there's nothing worth seeing. Right. Like so nothing. I think this is the best time for us to sort of just get a few more in there. So what we decided to do was pick some that were on there, either our top 10 or, you know, our top whatever we want to call it list, honorable mentions, things that mm. somebody else may have not seen, and we're going back to an old favorite, which is pick a movie. And so tonight, I picked, which was like my number two movie of the year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my top 10 decision to leave, I picked it for Marky to watch. Marky picked this movie called Pray for TW, who is not with us tonight to watch, so we will not... Oh, no, what are you talking about? TW's here. TW, what'd you think of uh, Pray? I love little children. (laughs) I mean, come on. TW, that doesn't really tell us about the movie. You get anything else? Ooh, my. (laughs) I I think that's all we're going to get from TW tonight. That's fine. fine. We we won't get to Pray, but guys, we talked about Pray on this on the show before so yeah that's fine and then uh dan picked the movie clerks three for me to watch and um and tim TW, picked tim, unbearable tim had, way tim to had massive talent. unbearable yeah the unbearable way to massive talent for dan to watch so we'll talk about that too because all of us have seen that one yes which one do you guys want to get into first mm-hmm. Um, Marky, Marky, do you want to talk about Decision to Leave? Yeah, I do. I just finished it today. You do? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Decision to Leave. Decision to Leave is a new film from Park Chan-wook, and it's a detective noir love story. There's a lot going on in this film, but it's this detective investigates this uh, situation where this uh, man falls off this um, mountainside, uh, the top of this mountain peak and dies. And um, signs start to point to his young wife slash widow as a potential um, uh, suspect in what, you know, at first seems to be suicide or accidental death, but things start to unravel a bit in in the mystery and uh, signs start to point to her, but the detective starts to catch feelings for her. And there's, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack. Um, Marky, what did you think of decision to leave? Um, I liked it. I really did. Um, I thought it was great. It was beautifully shot. It was very creative in it's uh, cinematography and it's direction. Um, I don't think there's anything like it. And it was, it's, um, when I was, when I was finishing watching it, 
I was just thinking to myself like, wow, like there was so many different camera tricks and just little uh, ingenious um, filters and weird things that, you know, looked at, uh, it's hard to describe some of these, like the ways looking through a phone or like water through these, mm-hmm. the color is so many, there's so much of that and all of it's fresh, all of it's felt original and it all worked. It was it was always interesting to see it. Um, that was worlds different from the movie Blonde, where they try to do all these different camera yeah, tricks. Yeah, yeah. When you started saying that, I was awful. thinking, yeah, yeah. They were awful. They never worked. And this movie had loads more of these weird effects, but every one of them worked and was neat and it was unique and fun to watch every time. Um, so for that, that was my favorite part about the movie. It was just so creatively and originally shot and uh, uh, the, just the, the choice in that cinematography was very interesting. Um, real quick though, the, the story itself it was a, a bit confusing for me, but in my defense, mm-hmm. I, I had the movies a bit long. It's like uh, almost two and a half hours. It is. Yeah. I had to split it up over two days. Um, and I've got, you know, a bit of a wild house here with uh, two little kids. Um, there's a lot going on. This movie is uh, Korean. So I was reading the American, the English subtitles. I almost said American. Um, so, I was, my attention was divided and this movie needs your full attention because there is a lot happening and subtly in my opinion, because I was like, wait, what's yep. going on? Who is that? Like, why is, why are they going over here now? Like what's, and so and I was like, is that a flashback? I'm like, no, it's not a flashback. I'm like, all right, well, what mm-hmm. the fuck, are, why, why are they over there? And, and you know, is she wearing, but her hair's different. Oh, it's because she's wearing a wig. Like what? Hang on. Like, so and then you're reading everything and you know as so it, it for me it was a little bit hard to follow i think it would have been a bit easier to follow if i was watching it in a movie theater and i was just plucked down and just sat in a seat and i had nowhere to go and i was just staring focused at the screen for the full duration um because I was in my house and I kept having to get things up, you know, for my wife, for the baby, you know, uh, help the crying kid, that kind of thing. Like it took me yeah. out of it and I had to like come back. Um, intricate story. And um, like AJ was saying, it's a, a, like a detective noir. It's set in modern day Korea. Um, and there's this romantic relationship that starts up between the t- detective that is investigating this death um who he then suspects that it's not a suicide it's a murder and he suspects the wife but then he he starts this uh he gets kind of involved not physically but romantically with the wife the suspect um he ends up getting so attached to her that he does find out that she that he believes she killed her husband and he tells her how to cover up the evidence and just like, you know, they go their separate ways. She later comes back and he moves, he moves back. That was the one thing that confused me. Like, why is he moving? Cause it's like, he's married, and he, but he's living in this one city. And then he goes back to this other city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, maybe it might be something to do with like Korean culture or just like the way that job works over there. I'm not sure, but he goes back to the city that his wife lives in. So he's living with his wife again. 
Um, and then this woman that he was falling for comes back into his life with a new husband. And then that husband short, do, dies shortly after. Right. And, and then he, he, get, right. he gets, and then he's, he's involved in that case because he's a detective in that town. Um, and it's, it's, it is a, a strange, but beautiful story that just kind of goes in and out. It's a very abnormal romantic relationship, but it's sweet. Like it's enduring. Like the character, those two main characters are, um, it's it's nice to Chem watch them and they, yeah, the yes, chemistry, their chemistry. Is yes, their interaction. She's beautiful, and she's she's a foreigner in this country. She's Chinese. She's Chinese, yeah. Um, so there's a bit of a language barrier sometimes between the two of them, which added um, an interesting element to the dialogue and the conversations they were having. Right. The the language barrier between them, yeah. Um, totally. This, the architecture, the Korean architecture, like these, the internal, um, like their their homes. And just like the way they go about their day to day, I love seeing like the kind of like how Parasite was, you know, like when you see like the inside yep. of someone's life in a different world, and when it's portrayed and shot so well, it's, it's just very captivating, and it's just beautifully, you know, the the color palettes, everything was just top notch. It was well done. Um, music and the music was awesome. I love the music. Yeah, yeah there, there was there was so many aspects to this movie that was just done perfect. I mean, it was. And I can't, I, yes, I'll, I'll let you go, but I, I can't say enough. And it's hard to describe just the, the again, the cinematography. It's so bizarre. It It's, there's so many different tricks, camera tricks, that it seems like it shouldn't work, but it never gets old and it's always intriguing to watch. It was so fun. That was, that two and a half hours, it wasn't, it never got boring because of the, what they were doing behind the camera. Yeah, my favorite camera of the, of the cinematography that they used was, remember the scenes, some of the scenes where he's following her mm -hmm. in the car? And they would switch from her to him to her to him and said, going left turn, right turn, left turn, right turn. And they go from her to him. It was just a... And the blinkers, just, the click, click, click. Yes, click, yes, click. Yeah. yes. So that was that was a lot of fun. And then um, one of the major scenes, I wouldn't want to spoil it for, you know, if DP ever wanted to see it, but... Um, Remember the scene where before they like when they finally like sort of break it off and then they don't see each other again until but they're in this like snowy little area and they both have the and they have like the headlamps on or she has right. the like the way that was filmed and the lighting there was so mm -hmm. interesting and, and cool just the way it was framed. Right. I don't know. I think there was so much care. It wasn't like parlor tricks like blonde. It was there was there was intent and reason for the way it was filmed and the way it Absolutely. was framed and the lighting and the and the music and the color palette, like you said, which I'm so glad you said that because color played a huge part in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know the way the way color was used and the and the and the scene and the you know the set designs and stuff and yeah, I can't say enough about this movie and the end just freaking broke me. It, yeah, it was it was wild. They they even said like the character said shattered at one point, and that like was very yes. fitting for the yes. what was going on. That was the right word. Um, yeah, that the end of that movie just destroyed me. And what um, you said though, the, the the there was reason behind these camera tricks. That is incredibly accurate because each time they used one, 
it wasn't just to pull something out of a bag of tricks and be like, well, let's try this now. Like, like no, blonde. yes. Like blonde. Like oh there was no reason God. to do these different things. It didn't make sense. And this movie, everyone, and they, they were original. So many of them I'd never seen done before. And they, there was a reason for that specific scene, why they used it that way and why they chose to use it. Um, 100%. Sometimes whenever there was a person, uh, they did it, they did it a couple of times where they're on uh, and there wasn't, there weren't very many that were used more than once. And there were so many of them, but there was, there was one that, and it, they kind of used, I think in the same chunk. So it wasn't like at different ends of the movie, but I think he was on the phone talking to her and like he was in his car maybe. And she was in her apartment. And then at one point when she's in her apartment, he's, in her apartment too and they're like looking at each other face to face and they're talking but he's not actually there right, right and right, you right. know as a viewer that he's not there but it's like they can see each other and and the audio when he's talking to her face to face is still that audio of the, the telephone the yes the voice over the telephone um is very neat that way yeah, and they, there's, they use the same... there's total intent to that too. Like, exactly, a reason yeah. for that. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, that was a special movie. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. it it's um, uh, this guy's a this guy is such a, a master filmmaker. It's just like mm-hmm. just watching like someone work like that, just seeing. What... Didn't he he get like best director or something at Cannes? I th- yeah, I think he has this some sort of award can. Yeah, I think he did. I- I'd have to look it up, but um, it w- it didn't win the foreign language film. Like I told you, Argentina 1985 did at mm-hmm. Golden Globes. It was nominated. It didn't win, but um, yeah, this guy's awesome. Yeah, I want to go back and see the other his other films. Uh, yeah, I like this is the first one I've seen of his, and I've heard of him before. I'd uh, I'd, I'd watch some other stuff of his just because of this. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm going to. Uh-huh. Like I said, though, this movie was a bit hard to follow. Um, I don't th- even if, uh, you know, it was more hard for me to follow under the circumstances on how I watched it. But I think that uh, others would also find it a bit hard to follow. I agree. I agree. This, the time jumps are about it's roughly halfway through the film with that. This whole thing happens with the where he moves, you know, back to moves to this other place and, mm-hmm. and she marries this other guy. So there's a time jump because she didn't just like up and marry this guy. Right. Things happen before that. Um, the, time jump, also, the time jump's a little tricky. The time jump. And then also, like I said, like the, the, I think there's like a cultural barrier there. Like why is he living in this other city when he's, quote unquote happily married to his wife who's living in a different city and then like i guess just and then they they mentioned when he moves home that there's there's never been a murder in soapy or is that what the city was called or something like that (laughs) where his wife was so i guess he he as a detective was working in this major city because that's where the crime was yeah and his wife lived in this like sleepy city i guess maybe that you know um Right. Yeah, and he was married, by the way. What the heck? He, <laughs> he's, yeah, married. He was married. he's carrying he was... he's carrying on with her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so that threw me for a loop too. When he first had his new love interest over at his house and he was cooking, and I was like, wait, where the fuck's his wife? Right. And then Sam was like, She's living in a different city. I'm like, right. Why? He's got a he's got a pad in this city. Yeah. And his wife's in a house in the other place. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so it is a little tricky with that, like you said, culturally, the time jump and all that kind of combined and, and it kind of throws you off for a bit. I was actually, and I watched it all the way through in one sitting that also threw me off in a way. Okay. I, was, I was like, what the, all right. Now, once I sort of like caught the thread again, I was fine, but it took right. me a little bit <laughs> to grab that thread again. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the acting was terrific throughout the chemistry between the two leads was terrific like it was palpable yeah um, every time they were on screen together and uh yeah yeah the director and the cinematographer in concert with each other they felt i felt like they were just on the same page the entire time with the vision yeah. of the film and it just it works so well i i love this movie speaking of the chemistry chemistry between the, the two leads remember that scene i guess it was like maybe two-thirds of the way through the movie when uh they see each other again in the in the new city. Yep. Yep. With, yep. with and the wife there with their new the spouse, yes, with their exactly. spouses. They run yep. into each other in a market with their spouses. Yeah. And uh they couldn't take their eyes off each other. Yeah, their spouses start uh chit chatting with each other and the two mm-hmm. leads are just like staring at each other and like kind of uh silently like mouthing to each other like what are you doing here like yeah, yeah, yeah you're here like yeah it was it was you know it was weird as a viewer to be like happy yeah. that they are <laughs> together again and there there's their fucking wife and husband right next to them yeah i'm really glad you liked it it was um yeah like it, obviously we did our top 10 list it was my number two it's one of my favorite films i can see year. why that was a special movie um yeah. from uh from a d- directing editing um, you know all, all the the guts behind the camera on that standpoint and then just the acting mm. too it was solid that was a solid movie story was a little bit hard to follow but i think on a second viewing it would be very uh it would pay off very well and i will i will definitely watch it again i hope you do too yeah um did you do the free movie yes. trial yeah yeah so the movie is available for free on a streaming app called Mubi. That's M-U-B-I. Um, and you can get a 60-day free trial when you sign up. Um, AJ told me about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my 60-day trial open until day 59. So I've set a reminder in my phone <laughs> to cancel it <laughs> after that day. Yeah, yeah that's it right. looks like uh, Mubi Mubi has a lot of foreign films on it. That's interesting. All right. All right, I canceled it too soon then. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you can. I was afraid that I'd forget. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm, I'm very guilty of that. I've got right. some services right now because I've forgotten where they are. Um, I, I can tell you, I did, I did look it up. As you mentioned earlier, uh, Park Chan Wook did win Best Director at Cannes, uh, and was nominated but did not win the Palme d'Or. Okay. okay. What won the Palm Door? Triangle uh, of Sadness. I, yeah, Triangle of Sadness won. So, all right, still need to see that. It's another 2022 film. I need to. I need to get in the books. Um, okay. I, I guess one. we can wrap that up unless you have anything you else you need. You need to get off your chest about. Um, something leave. might come to me later. Sure. No, I I really like that one. I'm I'm glad you picked it for me because uh, uh, and Sam had been wanting to watch it and. Uh, I caught like a snippet of it somewhere, like a piece of a trailer somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you guys before, I love it when 
these foreign films, uh, Korean films. I don't know why I love Korean films and Norwegian mm-hmm. films. I love it when they leak over into the American market because the ones that usually make their way over here are the ones that are like, you know, the cream of the crop out of their country. You know, it isn't some just random right movie that comes over here right so usually whenever you catch wind of something you're like oh shit i better check this out definitely so. definitely so i like to keep my eye out for that stuff and i'm i'm, I'm certainly no expert on uh, foreign films but i, I no. definitely like to keep my eye out for the ones that kind of stand out and try to see them so and there's yeah. also a, uh, the the korean uh filmmaking beside a very uh they got some very creative directors there, you know, with, um, what's the guy that did Parasite? Um, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. You know, brilliant. So they've got, they've got some badass directors coming out of there. And, and, and the the show Squid Game there was out of South Korea. You're right. Yeah. I never watched that. I knew. I I haven't seen it either, but I know it was a huge hit though. Awesome. Um, So I need to see it. They're making a second season. What I was going to say though, is that, um, I'm I'm starting I'm starting to realize that uh, the South Korean humor I think is just right up my alley. You know, there's there was okay. a couple like it's like a it's like almost like a like a news like a, a a version of a New Zealand English like dry humor um, that I'm seeing in a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that, that really gets me too. I think that might be part of the reason why I'm so attracted to it. Yeah, the movie just captivated me, and um, I know if you want to look into Park Chan Wookie did a film called Old Boy, which I still need to see. Oh, okay. So Old Boy and, is fucking nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the original. In The Handmaiden is a uh, film okay. he did. So, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so I guess that one's pretty bonkers. Like he he takes a lot of chances. So which I, yeah. I like. I like daring directors, like ones that you know try new things, and you know have a vision an actual yeah, vision. old old boy was uh you know they recreated it um for an american market and starring josh brolin and uh the old the uh, more famous olsen sister now elizabeth olsen um and they right. they just about recreated that movie shot for shot of, of the korean version um they were just like fuck it this is good yeah, i want to see the, i want to see park chan whoops um original it's, it's so good dude it's it's twisted. Uh, if you've seen the Josh Brolin one, you know the story is fucked up. Um, but they, they did the same thing with the uh, girl with the uh, dragon tattoo. Um, right, right. Uh, it was Aronofsky who who recreated it. Somebody, somebody no, uh, notable. No, uh, uh, sh- what's wrong with me? David Fincher. Yes. So David Fincher's got his own, you know, career, but they he recreated that practically shot for shot from the original. Was it Swedish or uh, Icelandic version? I can't remember. It had Numi Rapis in it. Rapis in it. Yeah, was it Swedish? Mm. It was. I think it was me. Was who was the the author of the book? Was he Swedish? I don't know. Stieg Larsson. What is I that believe, name? Yeah, Finnish or Swedish, Swedish or. Yeah. Some Nordic country like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Stieg Larson, right? He, he's mm-hmm. he died like after he wrote the three first three or oh, damn, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Either. I think he wow. died. I think he's dead yeah. now. I had no idea. No. The the reason I brought that up though is because uh again, that 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 those movies were adapted for an American audience. 
Steve, they, if you're still alive, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> they didn't change a damn thing. They they recreated those movies shot That's for so shot. That's so interesting. That's yeah. so interesting, especially for like a director of the Fincher. caliber of David right. Fincher. Yeah. I mean, he's adapted. I mean, he's adapted things. He adapted Fight Club. That's based on a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's adapted things. Uh, the Social Network is based on a book, uh, etc. But you know, that's interesting that he took that thing and went shot for shot with it. But yeah. anyway, I digress. So, so um, by the way, yes, Stieg Larsson, uh, Swedish, died at the age of fifty in two thousand four. So, oh wow, okay. Yeah. I think he wrote the three Uh books. You are correct, sir. (laughs) All right, we can move on. So what do you guys want to talk about next? Let's go into Clerks 3 because I haven't seen that. And you guys can talk about that. And then the last movie that we're going to talk about, all three of us can speak on. Yes, very well. So, yes, Clerks 3 was uh, my number eight movie of the year, I believe. No, it wasn't. So somewhere in there, seven, eight, in that area. Was, I don't remember. Was it on exactly. your list? Oh know. yeah, that's why you watched it. That's the whole point of tonight was uh, movies that were in our top ten that the other members of the council haven't seen. Right. So, oh, I eight. yeah, I had AJ watch Clerks three, which I really fucking loved, and I, I rewatched it again today. And was kind of reminded of why I love it so much. And and I'm hoping AJ loved it too because it really it, it reminded me of the original Clerks movie in multiple ways. Um which I did I I love Clerks. I obviously like if you've been listening long enough, you know I'm a gigantic Kevin Smith fan. Uh I've loved everything he did and it all started because of clerks and this movie it it gave me that same feeling i had when i watched clerks the first time of like you know like if i was going to make going to make a movie this is how i would do it you know and like i would use my friends and i would use the shit I know about the world to put into my movie. And this movie kind of went back to that for Kevin Smith. Uh, You know, he's done a a ton of fucking shit since Clerks, but this really, for me, felt like it went back to his roots of, you know, just like... writing about his life and if you know anything about kevin smith uh you may know a few years back he had a massive heart attack almost died and after that kind of you know started writing again uh like he had already written a version of clerks three a few years back uh that didn't quite take off the the actor that plays Randall, Jeff Anderson, uh, when Kevin sent him the original script for Clerks 3, he was like, yeah, I don't want to fucking do this. This this looks fucking stupid. And so that was scrapped. And then Kevin had his heart attack and rewrote Clerks 3 as his real fucking just kind of heartfelt, like, ode to 
like his career and to everything that's uh, his love of movies and goddamn it really fucking hit for me i loved it i thought it was so heartwarming and funny and 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 again like if i could make a movie this is how i would fucking make a movie like the shit he does, I'm like, yes, I would do that too. And and so there's some shit in there that's you know not not typical movie making shit, but yet still I fucking loved it. Made made me laugh. Uh, it made me cry. I, I it was heartfelt. It was thoughtful. It was hilarious. I fucking love Clerks three, and I really really hope I didn't fucking build it up too much. <laughs> and AJ's gonna be like, yeah, this movie is a piece of garbage. But uh, but I feel like AJ might appreciate this one because I know he appreciated Clerks, and I feel like this went back to Kevin's roots of Clerks and kind of hit those same notes. I really hope you feel that way, AJ. AJ, what did you think of Clerks three? So not unlike Kevin Smith, I also had a massive heart attack and almost yes. died. Yes, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And this movie depressed the shit out of me. <laughs> I'll tell you, the times I thought it was funny was when they were bringing the nostalgia of the first Clerks back. Yes. But the right? problem I had with this movie is that... Uh, shit, what the hell's his name? I can't even remember his name. Jeff Anderson's Randall, right? Randall, yeah. Brian O'Halloran, right? Yes, Those Dante. two dudes can't act. Yeah, so, there were some scenes sorry. where Brian O'Halloran was terrible. So there's some scenes he was great, but some of that was so bad. There were scenes egregious. where, like, I feel like they actually had to cut onions in front of him to make him mm-hmm. cry or whatever what they were doing, because the problem is they try to bring emotional heft into these scenes with people that couldn't bring it. Ah. Okay. Brian O'Halloran I, I get bring that. the yes, emotional there, to it. There was some really bad. He did have a couple that he was good, but he had more that he was terrible. So yeah, I do get and, that. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, and the other problem with the movie, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to shit on it. The only mm-hmm. the other problem I have with the movie is I did I hated Clerks 2. And mm-hmm. there was too much of Clerks 2 nostalgia in this movie as well. Okay, you got Rosario Dawson. When did mm-hmm. she die? I don't recall her death. She died yeah, off I, camera somewhere. Right. And, uh, yeah, we don't. That's find out we're supposed that. to. Say, we're supposed to understand that to be like Dante's, you know, mm-hmm. sadness or his mourning still, or whatever. Right. So uh, okay, fine. So she died off camera, and apparently they had she was pregnant or something. Yeah. Uh, so she's dead, but she keeps coming back as a ghost or whatever to him, like coming mm-hmm. back as like you know, his sort of, like, spiritual guide or whatever, and I don't know, I didn't like Clerks 2, I didn't care enough about it to care about that relationship, and so I thought they brought too much Clerks 2 nostalgia, and a Mm. character from Clerks 2, this Elias guy, (laughs) horrible, I hated, every time he came on screen, I was like, oh, this fucking guy, and he, he seemed to show up at the worst times, like, when they were having a funny conversation, all of a sudden this guy would show up as the buzzkill with his satanic whatever face paint. It was just when they were doing nostalgia from Clerks, I enjoyed it. 
and I enjoyed some of the cameos like Veronica and the guy mm-hmm. that was like trying to the Chulies gum representative and yeah. the fucking like I enjoyed that they brought Rick all Darius and they, I enjoyed they that all they back. brought everybody enjoyed, was back. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. But I didn't I didn't like like I didn't like the journey of like how Randall and Dante got to this point where like Dante ended the friendship and then he had the heart attack. And now we're and now we're following the I don't know. I just it depressed me, this movie. It depressed me. It was it just depressing. Too, but it was it, depressing. It, I don't want to watch something depressing for the sake of being <sighs> depressing. You know what I wish he did? Mm-hmm. You know what I wish Kevin Smith did? Okay. I wish he didn't put his like autobiographical thing into clerks three i wish he took a Ah. different vehicle wrote a different story hired a better cast to deliver the performances that he needed to carry the day i just think putting it in this with these incapable actors it didn't work it didn't work it just okay they were there in clerks one to say funny lines and quips and just deliver what kevin smith was writing in a certain way and they were able to do that but when you put them in a situation where they have to bring me some kind of emotion they couldn't do it they couldn't so, in my opinion okay in my opinion. And, and i get that and i, I and you're not wrong uh, i get that but but the part, what i liked about it was the like the honesty of it like this is shit that happened to him he's making a movie about real shit that he fucking dealt with and like and, and i felt that and like I said, it was friend, depressing did his friend fucking, also have a heart it, attack it felt, too no but see with that again that felt like overkill too felt like you know like dante and randall are you know, I, I know some of it's based on his friend, uh, Brian Johnson, but I also feel like a lot of Dante and Randall are like Kevin's like two sides of him. And I, I do feel like with that, he was saying how it, he felt that kind of part of him had died and, you know, shit has changed in his life and, and that part of it. And again, I know a lot of this also comes from the fact that, like, I've listened to a lot of Kevin Smith's podcasts, and I know the story of his life more than most people do. So so for me, like, seeing all that felt, you know, like, I, I, I kind of got what he was saying about, you know, part of him dying and, you know, yet trying to bring that part of him back and, you know, and also, obviously, the part where he actually almost fucking died and his own thought of like am i making too big of a deal of the fact that i almost died or am i right in thinking i need to do shit and and i did i also love that message of like you know it, it you know don't fucking wait don't 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 wait if you feel like you want to do something fucking do it because life is short Regardless of how long you live, life is short. And listen, listen. 
the other part of it also just and i'll be perfectly honest with you mm -hmm. it some of it just hit home too much for me right because uh, i was I, okay? I gotta say i was afraid of randall's that. lying on the I'm operating afraid. table and she's putting the stents in and then he says i can breathe again and i think i uttered those exact same words because yeah. i couldn't breathe before they put those stents in me okay i and legit so, had that worry and the doctor even said to me, you're going to be able to breathe just a little bit better, or, you know, a lot better once I put these in. And once he did, it wasn't like like the like the dramatic way Randall did it, but there was like an ability to breathe again for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that hit home. I didn't collapse like Randall did, but the shortness of breath, like all that happened to me. Right. You know, all of it happened to me. Yeah. You know, and, and all that like in the in the um in in the operating room in the cath lab rather like all mm -hmm. that all that happened that's all right. real like yes because i remember it was you real, telling it was me. real in, it was real in the movie because kevin smith went through it yeah and i remember so he, you telling me you were really worried about the size of your penis and the doctor seeing it <laughs> they didn't go through my groin actually they went through my wrist and the the marks are finally gone but they went through my wrist <laughs> So they they Mark, went. You had my, to see the movie to appreciate that joke. <laughs> yeah, they went through they went through my wrist and they you know and then they had to put a second um, mm -hmm. um, line through my wrist. They went the next radial day artery as opposed to right. femoral artery. Yeah, right. So the second day they had to do a second stent, so which wasn't as like urgent, right? There was mm -hmm. one to save my life, and then yeah. there was the one the next day as like preventative because it was getting. It was starting to get close, you know, it was starting to right. get locked up. So. so it hit really hard. And I was like, let's just get through that part of it. And then there was another heart attack at the end. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I don't, um... I, don't it, I I can't I can't I can't do this. But I did enjoy the callbacks to clerks. I, I did, did. I liked, did that's the thing. I did the, enjoy um, the cameos. Right. I did, even though they're not good actors amazing. either. They're not good yeah. actors either. Veronica, like the impractical jokers, and you know, like uh, all the former people that were in and, all the and, movies. And Jay, up and was, Jay was and Jay was always funny because he's always mm -hmm. funny. So I, I can tell you. So that's I didn't hate it, but I'll tell you, the audience score is ninety three percent. So I'm in the minority of people that mm -hmm. were just kind of blind. Yeah, because it. most of the people that see it are Kevin Smith fans, because you do kind of go at it kind of have to go out of your way to see it and so most people that do are already fans so yeah it's mostly for diehards look i mm -hmm. i've seen all of kevin smith's movies even clerks too which sucked ass yeah mm -hmm. okay i've seen them all clerks was liked, way better I, than tusk i can tell you that and i've liked <laughs> most and i've liked most of them mm -hmm. the majority of them the vast majority of them this one I'm okay, not sure. Okay. About. I, I I can get that. I I understand. Like I said, I did while rewatching it and looking at it, because you there just, wasn't. If you've never had a heart comedy, attack, and there was some really fucking heartfelt shit in this, some like real like real life shit that hit home, and I get how that would be tough for someone that's gone through it. So heart attack I, survivor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can mean, understand how that was tough for you. I totally get that. Yeah. 
and I, you know, like I, I didn't collapse or anything like Dante or either one of them. They both like collapsed. Right. Like I made it to the hospital totally conscious with this, you know, with this pain and with this like thing happening to me. Mm-hmm. But all that stuff from the moment I got to the hospital and they did the EKG and they're like, you're actually currently right now having a heart attack. It was like almost verbatim of what right. the doctor said to him. Like, you're actually having a heart attack right now. Like, that's yeah. what they said. Like, what do you mean I had, had a heart attack? No, no, not had. You're having a heart attack. That's what yeah. they said to me in the hospital. Like, you're currently mm-hmm. having a heart attack. So let's get you up to the cath lab and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, and then the cardiologist was there, like, in front of me, like, in a snap. Like, yeah, all that was very, very reminiscent. So, and obviously Kevin mm-hmm. Smith went through it. So he knows, like, shot for shot, like, what he went through. So he right. basically just put that on the screen because he had that experience yeah. and he knows what it feels like. And I respect mm-hmm. all him. I respect that. And I respect his desire to tell that story. I just, it was tough. See, I to figured see. you would appreciate it because of that and the whole, like, you know, like uh, Randall's whole idea of like, I've spent my whole life watching movies. That's all I do is watch movies I know I could make a good movie. I feel like you would appreciate I that too, because no, I think I you are in that boat. Like I would, I didn't not appreciate that. I yeah. just, I just, I was cringing during some of the times where they were trying to evoke emotion through the acting because yeah, yeah. they're not good actors. They're not. Do you have you? I feel any, like Randall. Or you like let's, see the, let's way let's, better. Let's see the next Brian O'Halloran film. Like they're not in anything else. I feel like Brian O'Halloran hurt this movie. Yeah, but they're not. I don't think Jeff Anderson did. But the Jersey guys—they like all his friends and stuff. Like they're not in anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, Brian O'Halloran was uh, what's his? He was—I forget his name in Mallrats, but that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, Gil. Gil. Shut the fuck up, Gil. When Jason (laughs) Lee was making fun of him, yeah. But like he's just in all that shit. That's all he's ever been in because he's not a good actor. Yeah, he was a good actor. He'd have been in other stuff. And like I said, I think Kevin Smith. I think Kevin Smith could have told the story in some other vehicle or something. I don't know. And make Clerks Three something else. But I, I I get that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker. Of it. Uh, that, that's what and nostalgia was, was great. The nostalgia was that's great, but I when they it. but when they start yeah. two things, when they started to bring the Clark's two nostalgia in, I was like nauseous. And mm-hmm. then and the character Elias and and that whole angle there was just so stupid. And then um, you know, just the O'Halloran acting was just terrible. Yeah. Yeah, there's some know. scenes that I couldn't deal with either. Yeah, but and I'm like, okay, Rosario Dawson's hot, and I'm glad yeah. she's here because she's hot. But I don't care about Clerks too, so stop bringing this shit in here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I know you loved it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's one of your favorite films it. of the year. Yeah. But but again, uh, like I said, it's the the nostalgia, the 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 fact that I do know a lot about Kevin Smith. Uh, like for instance, that scene. Uh, you know, when Randall's shooting, trying to shoot uh, Jay and Silent Bob in front of the, you know, uh, RST video. And, and Jay's like, I'm not going to dance in front of all you people. You, you, Everyone needs to go inside. 
that was a legit thing that fucking happened the first time Kevin tried to film Jay Muse and get him to do the original Clerks movie. It was like Jay was super self-conscious and like wouldn't do anything in front of other people. And Kevin basically had to clear the set to get Jay Muse to fucking do anything. And then that ended up like Jay Muse has, you know, had 20 whatever years of being, you know, in tons of movies and being somewhat of a movie star. So like, you know, seeing that shit, I I appreciate it. I'm like, I I got it. it And yeah. I get it. I get it. So you're going into it. You were already much more invested. Yeah. Big time in all of that. So I get, I get that. I'm not saying it was terrible because like I said, there were parts of it where I did laugh. Like there's a scene where um, they're going over the script and Jay's like, what the hell is this shit? I, what's this? I wouldn't say this. (laughs) Like that was funny. I thought Jay was consistently funny, but I always yeah. find Jay funny in those films. Mm-hmm. Like he always makes me laugh. So yeah. I think he can do interplay with anybody and be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because especially like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, like they go across the country and they run into all kinds of people, and mm-hmm. all his interactions are funny to me. Like yeah. I can never not laugh at what he's doing. So if mm-hmm. they did, I guess I guess if they didn't try to make it as heartfelt or something. I don't know what I would have wanted with this. I guess right. I'm, grasping, I'm grasping at straws. Anyway. Yeah. So but but, Jay, but, Jay but also good. I found the scene where um you know when they when Silent Bob was saying he's gonna become the the DP and he's like, oh what does he know about making movies? What the fuck? And, and Kevin Smith like goes on this fucking rant about like shooting in black and white and how it feels this way and the colors are terrible and blah blah blah. Yeah, it was that was kind of cool. Just Kevin Smith explaining why he shot clerks in black exactly. and white. Exactly. No, I thought that was a good scene. I actually like <laughs> yeah, that. That was great, right? I thought that was good. That was very meta. Like I thought that yeah. was good. That was yeah. him like explaining the process as mm-hmm. why he did clerks that way. And yeah. the way he had to shoot in a convenience store, why he didn't do it in color, like that mm-hmm. made sense to me. Yeah, and I thought, I thought that, that was, was super I funny. thought that was clever and funny. So there were bits and pieces I thought were definitely clever and funny. I just, you know, yeah. some of the stuff just it's didn't sit, too much sit other well. shit. I get that. I, I do. And I, I do. didn't even mind the emer- the the cardiologist. I thought she was kind of mm-hmm. funny. Forget the actress, the, Amy Sedaris. Yeah, she's she's yeah, cool. she's great. Yeah, she's a good actor. She's funny. She was in, I think, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's funny. Mm-hmm. She was a fucking wacko in that show. But anyway, <laughs> but she she's that kind of actress. Like she's very yeah. zany, and I think she's funny, and I think she did a good job. So there were parts of it that I enjoyed, and parts of it I was cringing. I, acting, I some of the acting I was cringing during. Like, who's yeah. this fucking Elias guy? What the fuck? Do you actually like him? Um, I like him as like the butt of jokes. So, yeah, I, I don't mind him. But okay. I, I didn't hate Clerks too as much as other other people. Yeah, see, that's uh, but the again, problem. I thought that movie sucked. So, and so here's the thing too. Um, I I think we might have mentioned this off air last week. But uh, I saw a video of Kevin Smith talking about this. Um, 
I, it was during like a Q&A when he was doing like kind of doing the tour with Clerks 3 where someone had asked him about uh, the original script of Clerks 3 because he had written uh, a script a few years back and then ended up changing it after the heart attack. And, um, and, and he brought up how, so like Clerks 2 was all just shit he made up right like he never worked at a movies there was he never was there for a donkey show so like all of clerks 2 was just shit he made up whereas clerks was shit that happened to him and now clerks 3 again is shit that actually happened to him so like there was much more honesty in clerks 3 than there was in clerks 2 so and again, I know but, I'm a super fan, so le- maybe that's part of why I liked it more. But that made le- so then it makes less sense to drag some of that Clerks two right into yeah. this film. But I, like I think just, at the same time, forget I don't it even existed. To... Yeah, I wouldn't be like, against that, but I can see that why was he fiction. Didn't go that was that. Clerks yeah. two was fiction, right? Right, right. But I, but I, it also was the catalyst for Dante and Randall. Owning the quick stop in our, I guess. Videos, I guess so. you can find you can find some, find some, yeah, way. yeah, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a stretch, but like Clerks 3 should have been Clerks 2, all right? Mm. Forget Clerks 2 and just make Clerks 3, right? <laughs> I mean, skip over that one, but for them dragging a character, Elias, into Clerks 3, dragging a, a storyline with Rosario Dawson's character into 3, just didn't help matters. I understand yeah. they were trying to like make Dante's storyline of like the morning and, and all that. They right. were trying to get and part of it too point. is Rosario Dawson's become much bigger of an actress, so they couldn't really get her for Clerks Three. They could only get like two scenes out of her, so they had to uh, explain. Why she wasn't there, so they had to kill her. She was probably, yeah. She just, she's playing Ahsoka on uh the in she does she the does Star cool Wars universe. Yeah, I she think does. she was, she was a big get in Clerks too, even though, right? Oh right, yeah, but, but now she's even more like now she's yeah, doing sure. such she's cool projects. Bigger. She continues. You know, you, you know, she was in uh, Dying Light too, right, Marky? The video game. Um, I don't think I did. No. Yeah, she had a, a part of the speed. Uh, she did voice a voiceover in that, which I haven't played yet, but I'm interested in playing. Anyway, anyway, moving on. So I digress. Thank you. Sorry, Dan. I didn't love it, but it wasn't horrible. There were parts that I definitely laughed during, and there mm-hmm. were parts I thought were clever. And I thought they should have leaned more into that. But wow. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Kevin, I, I still I, respect. I, I still respect Kevin Smith as a director, for sure. Yeah, yeah I figured as much. So. All right, guys, so that that concludes our discussion of Clerks 3, and let's move on to that third movie, which we've all seen, so we're all going to engage in this discussion. This was the film that um, was on Tim's top 10 list that he picked for Dan to watch. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes. it, it's the, it was his like number nine or eight or something. It's the unbearable weight of massive talent oh star starring yeah we know jim starring nicholas sorry nick cage 
Pedro Pascal, Sharon Horgan, uh, et al. And uh, yeah, it's basically about Nick Cage plays himself and he's sort of like struggling to find some roles and Neil Patrick Harris plays his agent and, and he tells him that for a million bucks he can go to Spain and do what's the gig? It's like some a birthday, birthday party. party, or birthday party yeah. yeah. And so he goes there and he meets this character Javi played by Pedro Pascal turns out unbeknownst to Nick Cage is like a a drug lord or so he's part of a, like a he's part of a arms criminal, dealer arms dealer he's part of a criminal fam criminal group or family and they hit it off immediately because Javi is a huge massive Nicolas Cage fan and he's written a script and he wants Nick Cage to be in this movie and he doesn't care about anything else <laughs> it appears than that and he's like enamored with Nicolas Cage. Uh, what did you guys, Dan, what, you were the one this that is was Dan's movie. picked for. What, what did you think of the unbearable weight of massive talent? Alright, so so for me, it, it took a little while. Um, the first, you know, like hour or so, I guess, whatever you'd want to call it, Acts 1 and 2, Um which is all right, you know, it, it, it was fine. But by the end of that movie, fuck, it really got fun. It, it really gave me some serious, um, some, some Gary Johnson vibes. Yeah. <laughs> of of Nicolas Cage, get in there and act, god damn it. <laughs> when he has to dress up as that, like, Italian arms oh dealer god. that hasn't Sergio. been seen in years and... Fuck, it was funny, man. Like, it, it took a little while, but once it got there, goddamn, it was fucking funny. And, um, yeah, Nick Cage just being so self-referential and realizing how some of the roles he's doing recently are ridiculous, and yet he still considers himself a true actor and a fucking artist and um, God damn it made me laugh by the end. I fucking loved it. It, it. Like I said, I didn't love the first, you know, two thirds of the movie, but that end really fucking made up for it. Uh, God damn, there's some funny moments, some fun, super like really good action movie moments as well. Um, I thought Pedro Pascal was great. Yeah, it's like because that the first couple acts of the movie, you do believe it is him. He's the fucking bad guy, and he he plays it so well. Of like, you, you know, because you see so many of the bad guys that have good qualities to them, so mm -hmm. you think this that's is a, we're, we're just seeing the good quality of the bad guy, and, and then you find out no, he's not the bad guy at all. It's all good qualities and. It's a great twist, uh, a great fucking payoff. I, I think Nicolas Cage was awesome. Uh, Pes Pedro Pascal was awesome. The The story was fun. 
uh, like I said, it, it really fucking made me think of Gary Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, okay? Because yeah, I'm not like a gigantic Nicolas Cage fanboy or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen my fair amount of Nicolas Cage films. Hard to avoid him. Yeah, right? you can't right because he's he he does There's a lot, but this is the best. Nick Cage film, I think, in years, mm-hmm. many years. I think Pig excluded. So self-aware, this movie, which adds to the humor of it. It's so mm-hmm. self-aware. And when he like when they first meet, they drive to that cliff and they'll he does that. They have that whole moment where he's trying to get him to act. <laughs> he's trying to get Nick to act after he said he retired. And they do that whole thing where they jump off the cliff into the water. Oh my god, that was so hilarious. Um, fucking awesome. Super hilarious. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was so much fun. I thought Nick Cage was terrific in it in such a, like, just, I don't know, he was having fun with the role as being himself. Like, he was having so much fun. And him and Pedro Pascal was so much fun together. Like, the bromance was so hilarious. When there was, like, this scene where, like, remember he takes him out to, like, the middle of nowhere to, like, kill him? And he pulls out the golden guns and they're pointing at each other. And then all of a sudden, like, they get just start getting shot at. And he's like, I love you. I love you, too. And they start shooting. <laughs> I just thought that was so, like, those two together was so hilarious. Like, they were uh-huh. just, like, a match made in heaven. And, and I just, I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun watching this movie. I just, you know, it wasn't perfect. But I thought, like you said, the early... The early parts of the movie, not everything worked for me. I agree with you, Dan, that, you know, like the first act, maybe not the first two acts, but the first act at least was. Yeah. I was like, where are they trying to take this? But once Pedro Pascal entered the picture and they, that bromance happened, it started yes. and then the whole, oh my God, it was so funny. And mm-hmm. then with the the part where they're on acid. Yeah. Dude, the acid scene easily one of my fucking favorites that wall right. that wall uh, they come across oh the, my the god that was so it. funny and he dude, walks, and he just he walks, walks around, around. <laughs> and then they see two different dudes and they're like and there they are again and let's run <laughs> oh my god so funny marky i'm gonna let you jump in but yeah. i i really liked i thought it was I laughed out loud so many times during this movie. I have to tell you more than more than a lot of movies lately. I yeah, I watched this movie on an airplane um sometime later last year. And you know, it was just a a moment to burn time on an airplane. So it wasn't something that I necessarily would have sought out, but when you don't have many very many options to choose from, I was like, you know what, I'll give this one a shot. Right. Um I knew it was gonna be silly. I had low expectations and I enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to. Um, I'm really enjoying this period of Nicolas Cage's career where we've kind of come full circle where it's yeah. almost, it's like fourth wall breaking where yes. he's, uh, you almost know, fifth wall breaking. At yeah. This yeah. Point, right. Is, like, isn't yeah. that what you'd call it? Wouldn't it be fifth wall? It's weird. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and it's, it, it, I agree with the uh, the slow kind of trudging along in the beginning uh, of the movie, and there's a lot of tropes. But then by the end, those tropes kind of there's a twist to them, like you guys said. 
Pedro yep. Pascal's character was very much playing into a trope of uh, this uh, uh, funny... The bad um, guy that you like. The buddy bad guy. But turns out he is just a buddy. Like he's just a yeah, fun. He's not the buddy. buddy bad guy. He's just, he's a, just buddy. a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's great. And Pedro, Pedro Pascal like brought his A game. I love this. Oh dude. yeah. Ah, he he showed up. And <laughs> Nick Cage even had a line in his uh in this movie. He's like, I I never phoned it in. I always brought it, you know. So it's Nicholas Cage was great his like just constant mm. drinking like as soon as he shows up at this birthday party he just goes to the pool and starts boozing and pedro pascal's like i i, I don't want to i don't want to bug him like he wants to talk to him so bad but he's like keeping his distance um yeah all their little adventures they get into on the island it was a lot oh, of fun my goodness so much fun and then yeah. the the build-up like it, it just it it was silly how a movie like this had i was very invested by the end of the movie like where what was going to happen oh yeah um even though some of the stuff you could absolutely predict ha- happening sure. like like them turning this into an actual movie like you saw that coming right but uh, yeah that, that final scene when all of a sudden it switches and like and okay yep i saw and, that yep, yeah yep, right, got right, it right. yeah but it was still hilarious and well done and uh, action packed, and I don't know. I just because it was like she throws the knife, or the, the knife was like a recurring thing in the back of the jeep. Mm-hmm. They kept showing the he throws the knife and he catches, he's like, Ah, um, <laughs> he has him like that's so fucking hilarious. His, his shrine, Pedro Pascal's Nick Cage shrine that he had, like, oh my god, with the, with the golden guns, and he's yeah, like, He's critiquing, he's critiquing, yeah. He's critique. He's critiquing like the model or whatever. The the shit I loved was Nick Cage arguing with his younger self, like like when the like young Nick Cage showed up and he's arguing. The uh, like uh, what the fuck was the name of that movie? The vampire movie that he was in. With you know, like the, the the soccer haircut. Yeah, what was he? What movie is he portraying? Like what? I, it was like Nick Cage. I can't remember the fuck. Once bitten or something like oh. that. There's some fucking weird, uh, yeah, vampire movie. I think it's called Once Bitten. Okay, that, that Nick that was Cage was in. That's yeah. that's the Nick Cage that was like his devil on his shoulder like guy, exactly right? that yeah. that was in the car next to him arguing with him nikki yeah <laughs> yeah nikki nikki get out of the fucking car <laughs> there's no one there to get out that i right. uh, that whole arguing with yourself shit i can so so relate to <laughs> dude i've got to find 99 percent of the conversations i have in this world are the conversations I have with myself. So yeah. I've got to find this. Um, there's this Nick Cage interview that I sent to TW. Um, it's, it, it's it first popped up on uh, uh, Reddit, but it's from 1990, and it is that character. It's Nicolas Cage in a leather jacket with this weird long hair, and mm-hmm. he comes out doing somersaults on stage wearing tight black pants, leather jacket. And he starts like throwing things out of his pocket and doing karate kicks on stage. It's the, it, it is that character. Like that's really him. So it's amazing. 
there's some real weird callbacks in this movie. Yeah. And I just I appreciate that Cage did something like this. Yeah. That he would actually mm-hmm. put himself out there the, the in humility. this way. Yeah. To put himself out there in this way. Right. And that's why I'm saying, like, this is the best Nick Cage has been in years. I yeah. mean, this is this is something Such where Mandy. Like, hey oh <laughs> don't they reference it too. they reference it too pedro pascal <laughs> javi says mandy's a masterpiece yeah. he actually says that he fucking knows baby tw <laughs> would disagree but well, so we're, we, we, what was the what was the prop from mandy was it like a chainsaw or something or a, mm-hmm. something like something yeah. like that right there's there's loads of there's so many nick cage movies to make fun of that they kind of like reference in this movie um i don't think for i don't know i don't know i don't remember them referencing pig um i don't know if it had come out by the time that they made this one but yeah it it had but i don't yeah pig is a pig is a real standout movie for nick cage that was uh that is not his normal run-of-the-mill you know shitty nick cage that that is that came out uh 2021 i think Uh, can can i say nick cage having another moment yeah one of my favorite moments was um so the you know the original girl that got kidnapped you know at the beginning of the show she they're watching watching uh con air yes or whatever and she gets kidnapped and at the end you know when they're fucking take running off in the jeep there and she fucking you know gets the blindfold off and she sees him and she's like Nick fucking Cage. <laughs> no, she's like Nick Cage. Fucking cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> what a fucking really fucking moment. I absolutely love that scene. That was so fucking cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, I'm glad he put himself out there like that. Like, not many actors would do that. I don't think. Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, hey, the, it's it's a brave, it was like a brave move. Yeah. To yeah, do that right? paid off so well, and to you know have Pedro Pascal in there and like the bromance between him and Pedro Pascal. I mean, it's, it worked you know, so well. He, yeah, his he's always gushing. Pedro's always gushing, sure. trying tr- trying to hide his like adoring fandom about Nick, and then once he kind of like finally a little opens moment up, where they just change like, shoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, oh, those shoes are cool on you. I bet they look good on you, and they fucking switch shoes. It's such a weird little random moment, yet like still has a lot of fucking meaning and uh, you know pathos to it. Not to yeah. sound too douchey, yeah. but you know, like it, it really did. It had this like moment of connection between the two when they fucking changed shoes. It was <laughs> so weird and random, yet meaningful and entertaining. I I, nah, I know it was fun. It, it took a while to get there, but fuck, this movie paid off in spades. It yeah. was fun. I had a lot of fun yeah. watching this. Um, I actually watched it today uh, when I got home from work while I was, you know, getting ready for the podcast. And I just, I really. What's it on right now? I had to pay for it. Uh, okay. Rent, rent it on Prime. Oh, with it? I watched it somewhere. Hold on. Let Daddy look it up. Well, I, think I, I didn't know it was a. Free. I didn't realize it was for free right now because I'd watch it again. It was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it is a and fun movie. You you guys mentioned it before, but I'm gonna bring it back up when he he uh, dresses up as that like old uh, narco general. Trying oh, to, Sergio. Yeah, that was hilarious. It's on a. Star. And then the guy starts peeling oh, okay. his. The guy starts peeling his prosthetics off. And yeah. Like that. yeah. No. <laughs> it's so funny. He takes the wig off, starts peeling the shit off his nose. <laughs> One thing at a time. Super funny, super funny stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Cage is also like like with Pig and now this like he's he's kind of circling back because there was a time where like we you know we know the whole thing with Nick Cage like he's done so many movies and a lot of them he did because he was in so much debt he was trying to right. just make Buying, as much money as he could. Yeah, the IRS is coming after him and he's right. fucking trading in dinosaur skulls and stuff and right, you, <laughs> crazy stories. He went broke, right? I think, for a minute. Right. But yeah. now he's doing. Now he's actually doing good stuff. Yeah, and the movie, so, the this movie touched on that. Like he's he's you know playing Nicholas. He's playing Nicholas Cage is playing Nick Cage, and his character is broke. Even though he's like this well-to-do or well, long-standing actor, like he's still broke. That's I mean that's, right. They're saying he's staying at some hotel and he's in the into them for like six hundred grand. Yeah, and like his his he goes there and his room key it doesn't work anymore. It he work just out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're pl they're playing on that, playing off that whole trope or that whole idea of of uh you know his a, real a life, little bit of his real life right. struggles. Yeah, right. Yeah. A little bit of reality there. Um, yeah, but I think he's probably in a good spot now because he's. Or in a good place in his life because he's doing he's doing good stuff now. He is, I'm, yeah. He's doing he's good projects. There's, there, there's this weird renaissance of people really enjoying the shitty stuff he did too. Yes, like, like he right. did some shitty roles, yet people now love the shitty roles he did. It's fun so, to look at them yeah. in, in retrospect and watch I them think, for what they are. Right, I think unbearable weight of massive talent was such a smart. Smart right, it, it, yeah, it dug into that whole thing of people just loving Nick Cage for being Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah, and him, yeah. his his self in that was Nick Cage ridiculous. Like his <laughs> yeah. hair was, you know, beard, everything was just dyed. You know, he was wearing these crazy clothes <laughs> and trying to look younger and act younger. And then he's mm -hmm. got he's got this. Uh, like you guys mentioned it, the devil on his shoulder. He's he's got like this. <laughs> fucking mental problem where his younger yeah. self is advising him on what to do you're nicholas fucking cage yeah. Woo! you're not an actor you're a fucking movie star <laughs> that's one of my favorite fucking lines of the whole movie was you're not an actor you're a fucking movie star now, there's a big difference you know there's a big difference between like, actually having like the chops and being like an like an like having that like artistic ability to act mm -hmm. and being a movie star like the rock or whatever you know right also, i also i i finished the movie smiling whenever it I signed did. off with him and like it was like a, a city at night shot just like kind of panning around and then it's just him talking nicholas fucking woo cage <laughs> That's just how it ends. Hilarious. Yeah. So, 
Right. It can't end on that like nice um, sentimental moment when he's sitting there on the, the floor in the living room with his daughter's head. Reconnects with his family. Yeah. yeah. They gotta do that. <laughs> Nicholas, watching too. Fucking. Yeah, watching Paddington too. Paddington Woo! too. Cage. Which, by the way, like after watching that, I fucking looked it up. You realize Paddington 2 is 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus. That movie apparently really is fucking perfect. Everyone I've ever heard talk about that movie says it's the one of the fucking best. I think we as a council should watch Paddington uh, 2. Apparently. Well, or maybe I'd even both, because I think the first Paddington's at like 97%. I was going to say, am I going to be lost if I haven't seen the first one? Yeah, yeah maybe we watch them both. That's weird, but though. apparently they're fucking... Absolutely fantastic. Films, I thought it was so. just I thought it was just a piece, you know, of uh I don't know what you would call it, but I thought it was just um a piece of for the plot in the movie that it was silly that they both they they list off what their top favorite top five, top three right. favorite movies, and they both have Paddington two on their top movies. I thought it was just, you know, a silly thing written into the right. script. Didn't realize it was actually so highly rated. Yeah. I went and I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, holy shit, this really is. And by the way, Mar- a perfect movie. And by the way, Marky, uh, Brendan Gleeson's a Paddington too. Mm. Ooh. Well, he is one of the greatest actors of our generation. Ninety-seven percent the first Paddington. Wow. So ninety-seven and ninety-nine. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and you can watch you can watch Paddington on Netflix. Ooh. Okay, have to check that one out. But not Paddington Two. Oh, I'm just I'm looking at that now. <laughs> I'm interested now. Hold, hold please. Uh, no, no, the first one on Netflix. The rest of them are like rent by Paddington Two rent by. Hmm. All right, probably Prime two ninety nine. So, yeah. yeah, Prime well, probably like. I'll watch the first one for free on Netflix, and if. Uh... You know, if it's as good as they say, then I'll I'll shill out a few dollars. This video to is watch currently the next unavailable one. to watch in your location. <laughs> it's a UK sense. movie, isn't it? Isn't it? It is. Isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? <laughs> hey, hey, can I? You know, I I I want to. Uh, 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 all right, uh, all right, then. <laughs> I'm going to share a personal story real quick. All right, Harry. Because that the um. Uh, the the acid scene it reminded me of something, and you know, fuck it, I don't know. When you took acid, when you fun. did too much acid, yes. There, there's this point. This was, uh, I don't know, when I was younger, and a couple friends. Well, a few weeks ago, we'll, ch- we'll, we'll change the names to, uh, you know, protect the uh, guilty or innocent or whoever they are. But we'll say uh, my friend Jim and another friend uh, Fran. We'll call them. Uh, and I had a three you know, <laughs> No, we never actually did. Wow. All right. So, no, that never happened. But, you know, at the time we would, uh, we're hanging out a lot and did some acid here and there. And then one day I got a letter in the mail from a friend. We'll call this friend, uh, we'll say Ben. Ben a sent letter. me, right, this letter in the mail. And it was, had like five tabs of acid in this letter. And he's like, hey, here, this is for you. 
enjoy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, fucking sweet. And then there's something in the letter. It's just kind of, it just looked like scribbles at the bottom. Didn't really pay much attention to it. And I was like, all right, we got some acid. And me and two friends, we fucking split those five tabs between the three of us. And holy fucking shit. Like that, that scene of them climbing over the wall when they could just walk around it was mm-hmm. absolutely the shit we were going through. It was amazing. It was like this crazy, unbelievable fucking trip we had. We had this beautiful, beautiful night. I had so much fun. And I got to say, at the time, I felt like, wow, I probably took too much. <laughs> Maybe I didn't need that much acid. Probably. But yeah, no, definitely. I took way more than I needed to. But a couple of days later, uh, I I grabbed that letter that my friend will that will say is Ben from Virginia. Um, <laughs> I looked at the little scribbles at the bottom. I really looked close, and I realized there's actually he wrote something, and it said, "Don't take too much of this." Maybe just like a half a tab each. Oh shit! And I was like, "Ah, oh, fucking too late." And I and I fucking call him like, "Dude, what the fuck did you do to me?" And he's like, "Oh, so you took too much? That, that too much, man. Test. Too much." Always read the fine print. <laughs> nice. I was like, it "God too damn much, it, man. you too fucking much. got me," <laughs> because I did not read the fine print, and god damn. Did we have an amazing fucking trip that night? Or uh, other people did that I'm obviously not admitting to anything that is illegal. So uh, maybe someone I knew that had different names did that. Right? Does that count? I can't get arrested. Yeah. (laughs) That's a thing, right? But yeah, the the always read the fine print will fucking live in my head rent free for the rest of my life. They did do it. They did a great job on that acid scene in that movie. Of, yeah, they uh, really did portraying, yeah, mm-hmm. what happens to you when you indulge too much in a, in a normal hundred percent civil place, and you just yeah. find yourself walking around with jello legs trying to get mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, we, we spent hours at a fucking like, uh, like a uh, kid's fucking playground on the swings. So. <laughs> That's all you need to know, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that sounds, sounds like a good up. time. <laughs> oh, drugs. Ah, oh, good. Oh, drugs. Well, I, I, think, I, think, I think that's a good place to uh, wrap up our discussion of <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent. We Hey-o. all liked it. We all liked it. Mm. It was yeah. definitely a fun movie. It. it was fun. And it was very Nick Cagey and, yeah, super fun. You know, I, and like, I definitely we, recommend it to anybody. And we, we we already said it, but like he, he pokes fun at himself. It's uh, I think that's uh, very big of him to do that. And we all yeah. said that. And no, mm-hmm. I, I respect the shit out of that. Pedro right? Pascal is is having his moment, and he's just really fun to watch right now. And yeah, he brings keep it. Keep an eye on him. He's, he's right? very yeah. He, he's a he's a very uh, charismatic actor. Um, Super charismatic. Is, yeah, so, he's enjoyable to watch. If you want to hear, if you want to see something that Pedro Pascal's in under the radar that you wouldn't know that he did, 
Mm-hmm. There is a table read that they did for the show community. Hmm. And they couldn't hmm. get like they couldn't get everybody, you know, there to do this. And he subbed in and he did this table read on YouTube for a community scene. I think that was for charity or whatever. And they did like for, for a show that aired or whatever, for an episode that aired. Uh but Pedro Pascal did that. So is that the one? Chance. Is that is that the one that's the it's now like a famous meme because of it? There's 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 some Zoom footage of Pedro Pascal that's become a meme now, where he starts out sure. laughing and clapping his hands, and then like his face quickly goes into crying and sobbing, and it's like so the I'm change sure. of emotion is beautiful. Who who I'm did he sure. read for on Community? He read for. I believe so. The episode. So, are you familiar with Community? Oh, very familiar. I fucking. So, love do you remember? The, do you remember the scene where like, um, they're all like, uh, I guess it's like, um, uh, what's his name? It was Chevy Chase's character Pierce? His mm-hmm. like will or whatever, and he's handing out his sperm to everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think Pedro Pascal played like. The, the attorney or the lawyer, whatever that was, right, right, okay, administering yeah. the administering mm-hmm. all that. So Pedro Pascal did that. Oh, that's but right. Joe McHale was there, Alex Bree, yeah. Donald, Donald Glover, like all of them were there. Mm-hmm. With so Pedro I just found Pascal. it on YouTube. Jim yeah. Rash, yeah. Danny Pudi, Danny Pudi was there in a, in a movie that my personal friend. Uh, Andrew Harvey produced. It's called Corner Office. It and uh, Gill- Gilliam John Jacobs. Hammond, Danny Pudi. Gilliam Jacobs. Like all, all the cast was there. And I think um, Dan Harmon was there, the creator. Like they were all there in Pedro Pascal. Yeah. If you just uh, look on YouTube, Pedro Pascal community, it pops right up. Nice. I'm going to yeah. watch that. Jeez. Yeah. yeah watch watch it. it. It's so much fun. Like there, I just searched like table reads. On YouTube, and they mm. like Big Big Mouth did one. Have you guys watched Big Mouth? On yeah, Netflix? Great. oh yeah. So they did a table read there. Maya Rudolph was was fucking hilarious during it. Um, Community did one. Um, yeah, I I just watched as many table reads as I could during. It was mostly during COVID, where like they were all getting together virtually to do mm-hmm. these things. Um, yeah. John Mulaney was there for the big big mouth one. It was awesome. Um, so they did a really cool one. Yeah, they it's did a, a lot of fun one for the Princess Bride. Oh, that's they, cool. Yeah, you can look it up. They a bunch of different people chimed in, and um, like Rob Reiner played the role of a uh, fucking uh, what's his name from Wonder Years kid. Uh, and Carl Reiner played the dad reading the story to him. Okay, was, was Carrie Ellis there? Was Robert Wright there and all that? Uh, no, uh, they switched it up. Different people played different roles every fucking time. Like huge, huge actors. Mandy Patinkin wasn't there? Uh, I don't think so. Or if he did, he played someone different than Inigo. Okay, but okay. yeah, they, they they had a bunch of different people playing different roles. It's just cool. it's just cool, like to hear like um, to just watch the table read and like hear these things played out. But like, it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think table reads are fun as fuck. 
Yeah. I wish I could find more. I wish I could find more of them. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, so that's it. Unbreakable. Unbearable. Uh, I'm sorry. Unbearable weight of massive talent. We all liked it, and that's it. Yeah. yeah anybody a else? Fun movie. Anybody yeah. else got any like? Check uh, it out. Anybody? Any of you guys have any um, uh, movie recommendations before we sign off that people might want to check out or any um, other type of recommendations? No, I haven't watched any. Um, <clears throat> I didn't watch any other new movies this week. Um, I've been uh, I've been catching up on uh, his dark materials on HBO. It's um, I'm I'm it's it's an okay show. It? Yeah, it's an okay, but I'm I'm in too deep now. You know what I mean? Like I can't give up now. It's in its third season. I'm you already in. I you know it's 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 good enough. It's weird. I don't know. It's strange. It's it's a bizarre <laughs> sci-fi story. Um, you know, it's HBO. They dumped a bunch of money in it, so it's well shot and it's it's got it's got uh interesting um motifs, I guess is that the right word? Sure. Um, just it's, it's it has to do a lot about religion and science and stuff, so it's been strange it's based off that golden compass story um, right my understanding is philip pullman is atheist so whatever yeah whatever. that would make sense because the church is the the enemy in this movie or show. right 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 all right well i didn't read the uh, golden compass or the whatever but i i've heard of it it looks interesting i just haven't watched it but right there's a there's loads of good things out there i mean i'm not gonna uh Oh, this it's like overload like this i know yeah but like i said i'm already in so i'm gonna finish it but um and then i also mentioned earlier that uh uh, the last of us has started on hbo and the last of us their their viewership for the first episode um was second uh only behind house of the dragon so okay so many many people tuned into that first episode good to know yeah, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy to hear about because this is the first time a video game uh, has been adapted into a show or movie and has actually done well. It's breaking the curse. It ha- it is there man. is a curse for, for real. video game for those that listen to this show that are video game players. You know about the adaptation curse. Yes, and I keep hearing that this is breaking it. So yeah. Um, I'm planning on watching both episodes this weekend and you know getting into it. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh interested to see what uh someone like DP has to say about the show once he sees it. Um you have to see it, but he's never played the game. So AJ and I have both played the games, uh really like the games. Um so you know, maybe a little Love bit of the bias games. there. But uh DP not I'll, a big video I'll, game. I'll guy. check it out. So I can yeah. let you all know what it's like as an outsider watching it. Yeah, so, that'd be cool. Yeah, and short of that, we've got a few weeks. We've got like three weeks before Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania comes out. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks before Magic Mike The Last Dance comes out, which is going to be also a huge hit. I can't wait for that. I mean, for the DP household. Wait, wait <laughs> I mean, I don't watch Magic Mike. I know it's STW. <laughs> But yeah, Quantum Mania. Oh God, I fucking can't wait. We're, we're gonna have to review that the weekend it comes out. Well, we have a lot to look forward to. There's yeah. that, and then there's also yeah, uh, we, get, Oscar- we got a couple more weeks of nothing, and then some good movies coming out. Right, so. good movies, and then the Oscars are March twelfth. Mm-hmm. Nominations. The nominations happen 
pretty soon, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we'll look forward to that. We'll probably try to do like a um, an Oscar an Oscar episode where we sort right. of predict or yeah. and uh, or a Magic Mike episode. I mean, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do a Magic Mike episode. Why yeah. would we do that? that... I, I want to. All right, all right. We need episode. to. We need. We need to end this episode. All right. So, if you guys have nothing else to get off your chest or any other recommendations, <laughs> I am going to pull magic the mic. I'm going to pull. Stop. I'm going to pull <laughs> the plug. I'm going to pull the plug on this. So, for myself, for Dan, Sherry, Magic Mike the himself, smooth talking Southern gentleman, marking fucking cage. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good night from the movie console. Night, night. Peace out. Oh, drugs. The movie console is adjourned.